Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guides Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I'm here with Will DeRude, and here he is a trauma-sensitive heart math practitioner. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much, and it's good to be here with you. Yes, definitely. So excited to talk with you. Y'all, we've got a great episode for you on a really, just a fun topic. So go into what you're doing. So, I mean, well, okay, this is, I mean, it's a pretty big journey to get to where, I, where I've been. But right now, I've just finished basically really consolidating my certification with HeartMath. And if anybody who is listening knows about HeartMath, they're really pioneering the intersection between science and spirituality. And what they're focusing on specifically is the heart. And the heart as something that we can use as a biofeedback tool to actually measure um, something they call coherence, which is basically that state of like heart openness, that state of heart lightness and levity and good positive emotionality. And uh, they use a specific tool called HRV, heart rate variability, to measure and quantify basically how coherent is your heart and its electromagnetic field around your body. And some of the really cool science that they've done has basically shown that our hearts are communicating through these electromagnetic fields and influencing each other, which people have known for a long time. But these emotional influences that we have can actually affect each other and can, um, you know, we can sync up to the same sort of coherency. So a lot of their practices involve building on purpose through your own conscious intention and generating coherence. And then, so for instance, we can build that coherence together and when other people walk in the room, they're going to feel like, man, it feels like good vibes in here. So we can actually do that on purpose. And it definitely increases your ability to feel good, uh, to feel resourced, to feel centered. And when you practice these techniques more and more often, you'll notice when you go out of coherency. That's one of the beautiful things is you can notice like, okay, I'm actually not really in that same place of, of coherence. I can feel the difference. So it's been a big journey to, to basically intuitively know all of this stuff, then start to work with HeartMath now and share this stuff with the clients that I work with more and more, um, but in a trauma-sensitive way, meaning recognizing uh, that for some people to go inward is like a trap door into very uncomfortable experiences from their past. And so uh, that's a lens that I've very much been approaching and utilizing and how I work with people and how I work with myself and really just honoring and uh, healing the, the traumas that I've went through and things that have been passed along to me. Uh, so that's the kind of the second piece of it is the trauma sensitive heart math practitioner piece. So that's mm. kind of what I'm doing, Haley. Yes, I love it. Okay. And then tell us again, because I mean, obviously, I know a little bit of the background with heart math, but for the people listening that have no idea about that, um, why does it even matter to have the brain and the heart coherence like what what is the big deal about that yeah there's so many different angles we could approach it but you know if i wanted to sell it to you on a personal development point like you're you're in your space of optimal peak performance when you are in heart coherence meaning that your cognitive functions are functioning better your memory is working better your ability to focus is better and you generally have a elevated mood when this is things that like everybody's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Like people take supplements for all this stuff. 
And then on the other hand, um, one of the really cool things about HeartMath and their initiatives is they have something called the Global Coherence Initiative. And that's all about promoting coherence within individuals so that we can create more and more harmony across the planet. And what's so cool about that is that as we develop coherency within ourselves and we develop it in community, social coherence, then we can actually use this um, understanding to promote and move towards more and more world peace. And that is through the lens of actually heart coherence, actually having a tangible metric to do so, actually being able to feel social tension, social pressures dissolve when we're in heart coherence together. And when we do that more and more in social groups, and then that grows uh, across the world, then we can actually you know, tangibly work towards world peace through this lens of heart coherence. So, you know, individually it can make you function better. And um, secondly, it can actually potentially really be a doorway towards creating the world that we want to see. Woo, I love it. And you know what yeah. I love too is the fact that, isn't, okay, so the heart has a, what did you say, it's the 5,000? Um... It has an electromagnetic field. And it's approximately 5,000 times stronger than the field of the brain. And that's it. Just a simple fact of like, okay, it's that much more powerful. Wow. It's a lot more powerful. And we are very cerebral, you know what I mean? Like just humans in general, but especially in the West. And so like learning how to actually drop in. For some people, it comes naturally or they have some practices and for others, it's like, it's the biggest leap ever. It's like, how do you get down there? It's, it feels blocked off. It feels, you know, this and that. And I have a lot of compassion for that because I've felt all of those things and still move through those things. And that's why the trauma sensitive piece is so important um, because trauma is a huge thing that's blocking us from accessing our heart. And uh, to be very skillful with how we share these techniques to not alienate people who have a hard time connecting or who feel numb or who feel like, how do I get there? Because I sometimes, you know, do these techniques and I'm like, I'm not even getting there. You know, I'm not always in heart coherence at all. So um, the beauty is that when we, we use these techniques skillfully or when we approach regulating our nervous system skillfully, we can grow it like a muscle and you can get better at it. And neuroplastically, meaning like we train in a new pattern in our brain, in our nervous system, it can actually like really, really strengthen that heart coherence. And then that becomes um, from a state that we experience into a lasting trait, meaning that we actually experience it and it turns into more and more of who we are. Less just like, oh, that was cool. That happened. I felt in heart coherence yesterday and more of like, well, this is becoming a part of me and I'm bringing it into situations throughout my life. Mm. That's Love clear. That. Okay, so for okay for the average everyday person, it's yeah. basically just about opening your heart, right, to feel more connected with your heart and your brain, right? Yeah, I mean that's like you could break it down super simply and just say that. Okay. Yeah. Because what you're saying, and what a lot of people, because I studied trauma a lot last year, because hashtag everybody was in a trauma response. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so most people have some form of trauma and so due to that they close their heart energetically right yeah and they might not even know they're doing that you know because uh, one of the telltale signs of, of trauma is a 
dissociation or numbness. So you can't feel what you can't feel. And sometimes you don't know what you're not feeling it, you're what you're not feeling because you can't feel it. You know what I mean? Like if, if I made your hand feel numb, it's almost, and then I, and you felt that way for like five years. And I was like, can you feel your hand? You'd be like, kind of, but I don't, you wouldn't have anything to compare it to because it's like, it always feels like that. It always kind of feels numb. But then if I made it feel fully alive again, and you could have all the sensation to it, you'd be like, okay, now it really feels like I can feel it. So yeah, like actually um, reassociating to those sensations in a safe and careful way when we might have had our wall walls closed down and might have had some hurt is a really important way to approach this. Mm. Oh, I love this. Okay, so tell me, if the, for the people listening, how mm -hmm. can they connect to their heart more? Yeah, um, so what, what I'm going to share is so basic, but the power is that it is basic. That's the thing as humans, we want some like lofty technique, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, especially if you go along a journey and you like start learning about all these cool techniques, let's say you find out about all these yogic techniques and you're like, Oh, that's really complicated. I use my breath in this way, or I, uh, you know, uh, do these postures or mudras and like all these things that people can do. Uh, instead of like adding nuance, we just go on something that's very, very simple and you go deeper. So the first step that I would recommend to anybody and it's just like number one to just like life is if you, the first step, especially if you have um, any kind of trauma, which most people do is just learn how to really be with your breath without, you know, going up into your mind and thoughts. And I have done a yoga teacher training. I have floated in a sensory deprivation tanks for 500 hours. Like I worked at three different, um, uh, float centers across, you know, the last decade or so. I've done all these meditation retreats and still just focusing on your breathing and being really with that experience is incredibly challenging. It's like, it doesn't necessarily get um, easier per se, but we become more skillful with how we relate to it. So the first thing is actually being able to focus on your breathing and stay with it. In a, in, a, in a way of actually connecting to that experience without defaulting so quickly to our head. But when we can do that, then the next piece is focusing instead of on the body or you know, underneath the nose, bringing it to our chest area. And the, the first heart math technique that I love to use is just called heart breathing. So you breathe in and out, imagining that your, your chest is filling up with air and your heart area is in taking the air and you're breathing in and out of it. Kind of like, like a, you know, the transformer suit or something, or like one of these suits, like as if you're like breathing in and out of that, that area. And the key for heart math is that they figured out that coherence is more easily facilitated when we breathe in for about five to six seconds and we breathe out for about five to six seconds. And the reason for this is there's some sort of resonance process that happens between our heart, our lungs, our brain, and also with um, sort of a, a resonance with how the earth's electromagnetic field works that best lines us up for about five to six seconds, inhale, five to six seconds, exhale. 
And that's going to be true for most people. It'll give or take. So that's it. Um, that would be the first way to do it. If you can actually focus on your breathing, you can actually focus on your chest and be able to do that. And then also if you do experience overwhelming sensations or if your mind is going everywhere, then know to like dial it back and be like, Hey, I gotta I got take it slow. Like it looks like I have some heart work to do. So I'm going to be skillful about this and not just try and like breathe in and out of this, like, um, aggressively but actually be precise with how I'm approaching this heart opening, this heart coherence technique. Does that, does that make sense? Are you following? Mm, yes, 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 I am. And I think this is so powerful what you're talking about. It goes right in line with what I'm doing because think about all the people that like maybe they've gone through multiple relationships and then the heart is just so numb in this area. Yes. And then they might not know that they have direct access to be able to work with it. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, they go through a breakup. They might even be a quote unquote, you know, spiritual person or um, really into self-development, but they are overwhelmed with the sensations with what's going on with them and, and their heart feels closed. And they're just like, well, this is just how I feel right now. They don't know that there's tools out there. Um, and that these tools, what's so cool about heart math and, you know, so many other tools is that you can actually self-generate um, or self-regulate. Uh, but self-generate positive emotional states. And those states are healing and regulating and create harmony in the body. Yeah, I think that is so powerful because I think that it's almost like now we're becoming more and more aware of the fact that our bodies hold on to so much emotional stuff. It's really interesting. Yep. And uh, the coherence piece is one of the ways that we can get back in touch and rewire for the positive. Yeah. The heart, the heart I truly believe is like the missing link in a lot, a lot of practices. So for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, affirmations. You can do affirmations for days and I've done that. I've done it a lot, but if your heart isn't online and your heart isn't on board, then you actually don't feel anything. You're just talking to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just there. Like, <laughs> I, I am love. I am yeah. happy. <laughs> but, then, but then your heart is saying, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. And I've done that. And I, it was always something that confused me. You know what I mean? Like when I was aware of a lot of these practices, I was like, this, it's, it's not quite hitting. And then I had moments where I would really get into coherence and I would say an affirmation and it was like, Bring. it was just like ringing through my body. Like, as if I was a bell and I was hit and I'm like, Oh, that feels true for me now. So now anytime I do any kind of NLP or I do any um, affirmation work or I do any kind of um, self-talk stuff, whatever, I always do heart coherence approaches first. And I notice a huge, a massive difference. I almost like I would never, do, I would never go back to just doing it cold. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of a good analogy for it. It's like, you're doing it cold. Like you got to warm up your heart. I mean, maybe you're already warm, because it's part of who you are, it's your lifestyle, you've cultivated that. And then like, yeah, you can just go ahead and do the affirmations. But for a lot of us, like we're, we do an affirmation and we're, our heart's not online. And so it's not going to function. And in many ways, we might start to say the thing and we got like an inner critic coming in and the heart's not online, we don't feel it. And we actually end up kind of doing the reverse to ourselves. We're there being like, I am worthy. And you're like, no, you're not. And we're actually kind of like re-traumatizing that lack of self-worth. Mm -hmm. So getting the heart on board is so important and that's why I recommend and, and 
teach and share the, the heart math stuff and any, any approach that can really help somebody get there. Mm, my gosh, this is so powerful. I'm so glad we're doing this conversation because <sighs> it's, that is so true what you just said. And like, think about all the thousands of YouTube videos that talk about affirmations, but if they don't talk about this key point with what you just said, it doesn't matter how many times you say you're whatever, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I, I wish somebody told me this. I've literally <laughs> wasted hours. You know what I mean? I've wasted a lot yeah. of time and, I, and I've been like doing it and I'm like, why isn't it working? It should be working. And then, uh, and I'm like, why don't I feel what I'm saying? And, um, I just wasn't aware that I had this kind of heart block or that I wasn't in coherence in that moment. It wasn't like, it's not that I was destined to not have these affirmation work. Like here's, here's a key I could give you is like, I get you around your friends. You're having a great time. Let's say you're really loose. You're all sharing stories. You're laughing. And then I'm like, do some affirmations right now. And you're like, I feel amazing. And you're like, whoa, it's, it's working. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you're in coherence now. That's why it's working. But if I get you in a groggy Monday morning and I'm like, look in the mirror and you're like, I am, you're like, it doesn't feel true. You know what I'm saying? So getting into coherence is what actually makes it work. And that you don't have to use heart math, but heart math actually is designed to help it. To design to help that process, but like being around people, doing things which uh, help you to feel that state of coherency, basically a type of flow state. Um, you know, laughing, joking, playing, all the good things, anything that brings you into coherency, that's going to help facilitate those words having more impact and meaning when, whenever you say them to yourselves or other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I also think too, what I've noticed is, is that when I'm just essentially what you're saying. When I feel safe, my heart is automatically open. I'm like, yes, love to everyone. Just throwing out love and abundance. But when I'm in a state of like, oh, no, I don't feel safe. It's like I feel the energetic like wall go up, you know? Yeah, 100%. This is why the trauma piece is so important because um, so much about trauma, right, is about safety and reinstating and reinstalling safety um, after we might not have felt safe in the world or safe in a relationship or safe in our bodies after an overwhelming experience or whatever it was that we went through. So that safety piece is exactly right. And what I've noticed in myself and with other people is like, when we don't feel safe, we shut it down. And then we're going into one of those two modes of either hyper, hypo or hyper arousal, meaning that we shut down and we're kind of playing small or we, we protect and we're like hyper vigilant watching to be like, is this safe? And we are like interpreting people being like, oh no, I think they might be tricking me or whatever the thing is. We're a little bit anxious. Those two responses are very, very important to be aware of when teaching people um, these heart math techniques, especially if they have some kind of trauma history, because then you can work skillfully with where they're at in their nervous system. Meaning that if somebody's a little bit um, anxious, you can meet them in that place and the, basically, so I study polyvagal theory a little bit. Maybe you've had somebody talk about it before or you're into it yourself. Um, the way that our brain like gets signals from the environment is through something called neuroception. So I can tell you you're safe, you know, a thousand times. But unless you actually feel safe because your body is, is seeing cues of safety in the environment, then you might not feel it. So that's why like actual, like a physical hug, like getting somebody comfortable being like, do you feel safe right now? And they're like, you know, what would help me feel more safe is if I could like, you know, have a blanket and just like relax, whatever could actually facilitate those experiences of safety. 
that will help take those walls down. And then we can actually work a little bit with the heart and build those techniques. And the first one is just um, um, heart, heart focused breathing. That's what we just talked about. Five to six seconds, inhale, exhale, um, consistent, steady breathing through the chest. And there's an amazing track that I use. I might be able to link with you, uh, link it to you later that it just guides you through this exact thing. And it doesn't tell you what to do. It's just a breathing bubble and you just focus on your heart while you do it. Um, and then after that, there's other, you know, add-ons to the heart math work. And some of them involve bringing up memories, bringing up uh, people, place, things that bring you appreciation and joy. And you use that thing to bring yourself more into coherency. And then you work directly with your heart to expand that further. And then the techniques go on and on. There's ones about like basically your intuition, um, letting, letting um, overwhelming experiences kind of, uh, it's called a heart soak. So it's basically like folding it up, something that's a little bit overwhelming, bringing it into your heart and letting it kind of dissolve, um, which, which sounds easy, but like, you know, um, you know, try doing that with something that was really frustrating with you or frustrating for you, like something that really got under your skin. And then you'd be like, yeah, just put it in your heart and surrender. It's like, yeah, that's not necessarily easy. Um, and then there's also uh, techniques to expand uh, heart coherence in groups. They have a, a technique called lift, shift and lift, which is like you, you shift the mood of the room and you lift the vibe of the space, basically. You know what I'm saying? So uh, those are things you can do together with people. But yeah, the whole point of this was just basically like, yes, there's different walls that people have. And safety is really, really important. And safety isn't verbal. Safety is, um, it's not conceptual. It's very visceral. It's a visceral thing to feel safe. Your biology, your human body will, will let you know when it feels safe. You can't override that signal per se. Mm, it's so good. Yeah, and I think that that's something that I personally am always working on, creating more safety in my body. It's what I work on with my clients too. So I'm really glad that you brought that point in because I noticed that it's like the safer you feel in your body, the more you can feel, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And, um, I'm, I'm with you on the journey of that a lot because, um, when you have uh, trauma, any kind of trauma, and just to give context to trauma, trauma is like, it can be the littlest thing but for you, it really affected you. You know, it could be like, it could be so silly. Like if you actually say it out loud, you're like, yeah, my boss like did this and then he walked away. But like when he walked away, I felt like I was abandoned, you know what I mean? And then, but like mm -hmm. in reality, everything is like fine. But like there's that response that you had, um, which is maybe a, a continued response from something that happened when you're very young. Right. And then it just continues that cycle. So Oh, what was, what would you, what did you just say? I didn't want to like lose the train of thought to no, like no, what no. you just shared. Okay. Basically what I'm saying is that I love how you're, you're talking about this. This is so true. Okay. I was at the dentist. Oh, you're talking about safety. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah safety, creating safety. Cause I was at the dentist the other day and she was doing something. And I was like, Oh my, you know, when they like scrape your teeth and it's just the most like, you know, pain, not painful, but it's just like, Oh, I'm ready for it to be over. Cause you like feel the scraping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything they do is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically that. So I don't know what it was, but I kind of jumped a little, and she was like, "What?" Um. So you're right in the sense of there's so many things in our bodies. Is kind of what I'm getting from what you're saying. There's so many things that like our bodies 
store that we don't know. Like, I don't know why my body jumped in that moment. I was fine. I was at the dentist. Yes. Yeah. And it can be very subtle things. It can be uh, people who represent something to your subconscious. They, they're not actually that thing, but in your mind. So for instance, and this, this actually might be a cool segue into some like masculine feminine dynamics. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a guy, I try and cultivate safety. I try and, uh, basically be a safe space for anybody, but for women too, especially if I'm dating or seeing somebody. And even though I might have cultivated that space, if somebody has a, a trauma from some, from a parent or from past relationship, they might respond to me as if I am like a visceral threat because like masculine energy is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this safe? Who are you? Who are you? And then that has to be kind of processed if we want to actually like move beyond that and connect in a deeper way. And um, for, for some women or for anybody really, because we can all be triggered by different things, um, that can be a huge you know, wall because maybe they were manipulated or they had a toxic narcissistic partner and they're like, are you that? Are you that? And your, their subconscious is not perceiving the situation as safe until they get those cues of safety, which means like, Sometimes that takes time to develop, meaning that you'd have to spend lots of time with somebody. You'd have to have safe touch with them. You'd have to not cross their boundaries for long enough that they're like, okay, this doesn't apply here. And then those walls start to come down. And then a deeper sense of intimacy can happen. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad you talked about that. I talk about that so much. The, I'm going to start talking more about masculine energy because, you know, I talk a lot about feminine because so many women are they've got the have you heard like the masculine shield like the heart wall like basically it's like similar the, to what you're talking about like where yeah, women, yeah, just, okay yeah go ahead though okay it's basically where women like i work with a lot of women where it's like say she's been in corporate she's been in like these masculine roles <laughs> yeah, yeah. that like yeah. being in her feminine is like what <laughs> no so she's it goes along with what we're talking about in terms of like building safe inner body to connect to their sensuality and your sexuality Oh yeah, this is so huge. I've, I've, uh, I mean, I know probably some people listening to this are like already aware of this, but it's like the predominant archetype of Western society is the masculine shield, mm -hmm. regardless of if you're male or female. That's sort of the main thing that people have up is like that, that mask, that wall, that that assertive go go out there and do stuff, um, you know, archetype, that way of being. So to be anything other than that. Um, is like a, a breakthrough for a lot of people to actually like take that down. Um, and unfortunately that's like, you know, um, hardened the coverings of what can be a very beautiful and flowing feminine energy for a lot of people. And so, yeah, I'm hundred percent encouraging that. And I love seeing that in, um, in women and in like that breakthrough. Um, and, and honestly, even in, in men being able to like open up to that side too, and just have their own balance with it. Um, I love seeing that. And it's, it's definitely something that um, I think can break. And I'm sure you're aware of this, like the polarity or the attraction when that, that, that wall is up too strong on the feminine or the masculine side. And it's just like, especially when the feminine or whoever is in that kind of space is not feeling safe, not feeling trusting and, and kind of trying to, keep control in a certain way that's like pushing back and forth yeah the intimacy can't really happen in that space oh yeah definitely sexual and emotional 
Because I think yep. that, um, yeah, you bring up a great point. I think that it's, you know, we're going through this feminine uprising in our society, which I'm really excited about. But I think, you know, you're right, because so many people talk so much about women connect to their feminine. But I love how you brought up, yeah, I mean, men need to be connected to the feminine too, because when a man is connected to his emotions and his feminine side, he can connect more with a woman he's with, you know? Yeah, this is, this is so huge. And um, there's such a hesitancy um even amongst many men's groups not all but like even amongst many men's groups that i've seen it's like it's like okay they might know that theoretically but then like when it's still a group of men it's like well i don't know they still like the wall is up a little bit it's like i don't know if it's if it's like sure it's safe to do it but like can i really um you know let that guard down and have your own flowing emotional aspects come out and uh that's why i very much had to go like on my own, I think in a lot of ways to get in touch with that. That was like sort of my whole last year was one of the big pieces was focusing on just letting myself feel more and getting more connected with my emotional body and my feminine side, if you want to call it that. And it was uh, a, a complete breakthrough. And I realized just like what you said, it's kind of like a superpower. You know, after doing this work, I was at a yoga studio for like months. I was living, I was living at a yoga retreat, sorry, to make it more accurate. Where was and, the uh, retreat? It was on Vancouver Island. So cool. Wow. Yeah. It was like when COVID happened, um, they were going to open, but then COVID happened. And then so they couldn't. And so then I, I tried to see if I could live there. And they were like, sure, just like rent, just rent a space and you can live here. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And then I had access to the full, like, you know, studio retreat center space, like pretty much to myself, which was unreal. So anyways, I spent a lot of time feeling. Okay, <laughs> feeling and just working with feelings and stuff like that. And I had a, and a, a great coach who was helpful to me at that time um, with these aspects. And uh, it had been like weeks or even months. And then I remember there was kind of two occasions. These, um, a couple of women just like came and, and I heard female voices and I had been alone. You know what I mean? It's been like, it was like a, it was like quarantine type of situation, but I was also kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it was also like, I was kind of on my own retreat in a weird way, like semi retreat, still focusing on my business, but like spending a lot of time alone. And I heard these female voices and I was like, wow, there's women here. And I was like, Hey, let's go just like, see who's here because there's people at the retreat center. And I went and I went and talked with them and I told them uh, a little bit about what I was going through and like just trying to feel more. And it was amazing how much of a superpower I saw just how quickly I connected emotionally and how it was almost like this, this aspect that I had been experiencing throughout my life on and off, which just like started to become really clear or more clear. And I was like, whoa, like, yeah, like this is what I'm going through. This is what I've been feeling. And then they were opening and sharing. It was very safe space super quickly. And I was like, whoa, so this, this is an aspect of myself that I wasn't as aware of. And I almost didn't even notice how deep this work was or the impact it was having on me until, you know, two people came and all of a sudden we're like really just emotionally opening up and connecting like super easily. Like it was almost like, whoa, this is the antidote to like social anxiety because like, I'm literally just like, Hey, this is how I feel. Like, this is what I've been going through. Like it's good to connect, like good to see other people. Like I've been so like just in my own world and they were just like, Oh yeah. And it was like, Whoa, we're really connecting here. So I think, um, there's an undervalued 
um, aspect that many of the masculine energy can like, they're like, oh, why would I like let my guard down and be emotional and flowy in my feminine side? But they don't understand the upsides to it are just so profound and un in unsuspecting ways. And it's, it honestly, it feels good too in its own way as well. Like it feels good to just be able to express like that. So yeah, something I've been continuing to learn and integrate and to just bring into everything else that I do and you know, just be more balanced. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And think about it. You led that because you created the safe space for those women. So that's so powerful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I went through a period, this was a few years ago, I dated a guy who was a little bit of controlling, you know, and I felt like if he had, I mean, at the time I really wasn't connected to my feminine. This is before I was doing this work. <laughs> um, but I think that if, if I could have been more in an empowered state in my feminine, I wonder if that would have allowed him to connect more. You know, who knows? I, I'll definitely attest to that. Um, this is one of the reasons why I love being around women who are in their feminine, uh, you know, the more that they've cultivated that or just let that come out is because it's, it's such a natural, safe space. And so when, when you're in that space, it's very inviting. And honestly, it's very related and very correlated with the whole heart, the whole heart coherency aspect. You know, I wouldn't say it's identical because you can be in heart coherency in a very like, um, you know, assertive, like masculine get shit done type of way. You can really be in heart coherency in a variety of ways. But in many ways, the qualities that come through in the feminine way of approaching it does create an instant invitation like a magnetic sort of invitation, a safe space of like, Hey, like just be gentle. Just like enjoy yourself around this presence, like be okay to be flowing and sensual and just like, you know, writhe in something like a blanket, feel how good that feels. Like actually like feel the fabrics of things and like enjoy that. And when you're around somebody who's in that kind of energy, it's like, yeah, I, I like that. Let's, let's do that. And then like you, you'll feel a massage will feel better when you're in that space. So yeah, it, it, it's definitely an automatic invite when somebody else is in that kind of way of being. Mm. Okay. So since you've been doing this work, do people tell you, Ooh, you have such good energy. I've gotten that. I love that compliment. It's like the best compliment. Mm. Um, you know, I got that compliment even before, but it, I think like as, as you continue inner work and whatnot, you'll probably just see that compliment more and more. Um, I usually get that compliment like after I give somebody a hug or like after we like hang out for, you know, uh, you know, five or 10 minutes or we like for an hour we go and do something. And they're like, you just have, you have great energy. Like I just need to say something. And I'm like, whenever I get that, I get like such a warm feeling in my chest. I'm like all, all those nights of just like, you know, you know, reflecting or like doing a practice is like, it did something <laughs> like, thank God, you know, it actually did something. And sometimes, you know, you, you lose sight of that. And it's so nice to have that validation from somebody just to be like, okay, it is being seen. It is being recognized. Like keep going. Mm, I love it. Yes. No, no, no. I've had that compliment before too. And you're right. That is such a big, big, big compliment because I think that a lot of this work, you know, I always tell people, listen, a lot of this work is internal. You know, especially the sexual work, you know, and there's so many deep layers to that in terms of, you know, inner child work, connect to the feminine, uh, maybe a healthy form of masculine energy, connect to your heart, you know, and so people don't really think, oh, well, what are the benefits? The benefits are your embodiment and your energy. <laughs> yeah. And it feels better to be you. 
and it feels more, you know, like a more expansive, like a wider version of you, more spectrum access. Like, oh, I can feel that. I'm allowed to feel that. And like, it's, it's okay that I'm not okay, or it's okay that I'm tired, or it's okay that I'm in this such and such way. And then that lightening or loosening of the pressure or the tension, just like you, you feel better in your body. Like I'll give you a cool example, Haley. Uh, when I went to uh, this festival called Beloved Festival, it's a festival of yoga and ecstatic dance and um, world music. So lots of different types of music. And it's uh, in Oregon. And I went there a couple of years ago. And uh, there was a lot of that sort of just, you know, flowing energy, letting yourself express yourself, just be yourself and uh, like do all these cool practices, meet people. So there's a lot of social energy there. And I noticed that doing all of that with many, many people, at the end of three or four days, my shoulders had literally lowered like two and a half inches. Like my resting tension in my body that I thought was normal, like which I still feel a little bit now, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm living in, in Western, uh, you know, Western civilization, like and having to do stuff my resting tension was so significantly dropped that my shoulders were so much looser that I was like, how have I not known my shoulders were like that tight? Like they're resting so much lower and it just feels that much better to be in my body. Like it's very a tangible physical result of, you know, doing the work or opening your heart or being in a safe social space and feeling comfortable to be yourself, interacting with people who like totally accept you. And the physical benefit of that was like, I feel so much better and my shoulders are in a better place. My flexibility was a little bit better too. So yeah, just a little side note on like what it can do to your body. Mm, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cause I think that that's, um, you know, we live in a time now too. I was talking to someone about this the other day where it's like people own him. And I said this when I was coming back from the, I was in a Uber on the way back from the meditation conference, you know, that I was telling you about. Yeah. <laughs> And I literally remember telling the lady, I was like, man, we are, the powers that be have divided us on every level, right? Like sexually, spiritually, uh, gender, uh, everything, right? And so when you do this kind of work with what you're doing and what I'm doing with the connecting your heart, connect to your feminine, it, it really, it makes you realize that like underneath all that, we're all the same. Yeah, it, it breaks down some of those layers. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the huge takeaway from the heart is just feeling like, um, like everybody is part of your, your tribe, per se. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel, and and the, the hallmark of that is you feel safe around people. That's it. Like what, how would you feel if you were in your tribe, like let's say 100 years ago, and you were just literally, or you know, a few hundred years ago, whatever. You had a small village, you had a group of people, and those were just like the safe people that you all knew. You would just feel safe around them. So building that state of safety so that you feel that around everybody, that's how you, you break through a lot of those walls and you don't have this kind of like automatically assumed tension with people. You know, that, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of work because you might look at somebody and then some programming or some past situation comes up and you're like, prejudge that. And you're like, it's happening viscerally. And you're like, you have to go through the motions of breaking down those false assumptions and actually being able to connect and drop those feelings of unsafety. And that can be 
a tedious process, but so worth it because then you're able to connect with people better and have that social freedom in a sense to feel like, whoa, nobody's really judging me. Like I'm actually able to be myself, express myself, and I'm generally well received. And most of the judging that I felt was coming from other people was just me in my head convincing myself that that's what they were thinking. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So powerful. Okay, so what do you want? <laughs> what do you want the takeaway? I know we talked about a lot and time flew by. So tell everyone, like, what are some takeaways they could have from this conversation? Yeah, something that I would want to leave people with. I, I, want, I think I would want to leave people with a practice, which is um, actually do some of the work to connect with your heart. And, and I'll, I'll give this um, packaging around it. Nobody can do it for you. And it actually does get results. The same way that if you go to a gym and you progressively overload the weights and you do the things and you eat the proper way, whatever you want to do to gain weight or muscle or something, you will get a result. So doing these practices and actually dedicating yourself to, you know, doing something every single day. And I, and I say that being somebody who said that being somebody who's done practices on and off, but actually like really having committed myself to doing some of these things every single day now, um, that you build that comfortability, that neural pathway, um, that energetic, um, reflex to actually feel more in your heart. So what I would encourage people to do is actually to do heart focused breathing and to get more comfortable with it. So like I said, five to six seconds in, I don't know if you're going to share the, the video with it. I always put my hands on my heart so I can actually feel the visceral sensations five to six seconds in and five to six seconds out and focusing on the heart area. If you feel safe and comfortable to do so, and just really going slower and slower into that and see if you can actually feel coherence. See if you can actually, um, in the same way that like, if you can consciously choose to, you can open your left eye and close your left eye and open your, your right eye and close your right eye. You have some kind of um, autonomy over your body to make a decision with how to move your eyes or you could move your eyes to the left or to the right. In the same type of way, learning how to have agency over your heart and over the coherence and see if you can feel as you do this heart-focused breathing, even the slightest shift into more coherence, even if it's like 2% or 5% and be like, oh, wow, this is working. I'm actually moving into coherence. I'm actually moving more into that state. And then from there, what I'd recommend, once you've gotten comfortable with that, if you're doing it right now or if you do it later on in the evening or something, is to bring up whatever the first thing that comes up, a person, a place, a thing, a memory, and only go here if you feel comfortable and like you want to kind of go here. And you can always back down. Um, you can always just you know, stop the technique or just stay with the breathing and stay with the heart bring up a memory, person, place, or thing that actually brings you appreciation, joy, or excitement. And then breathe into that and see, this is called, it's called quick coherence for a reason because this technique is 
um, one of the ways that they demonstrated the most coherent shift. So if you can actually get that feeling going of feeling like that person. So I have a person that I think about. I have a really great relationship with this person. Every time I think about this person, I, I feel like I go into coherence. And so I just breathe in the goodness of that relationship with me and that person. And then just, I just work with that. So that's what I recommend to people is like work with these techniques and really take in that nobody can do it for you. But yeah, at the same time too, like for some people, this is like a lot. And, and this is just something that I've had to become aware of after becoming more trauma informed, like going to your heart isn't necessarily a safe haven for people who've just had, you know, things which were painful for them. So in, in that place, it's just really working with yourself gradually, even if you're just starting with your breath or working with feeling safe and comfortable in your environment first, before you go and try these techniques, which are simple, but could be overwhelming if you're, you're not well-versed and you haven't really approached it in a safe way. This makes sense. This is definitely what I would like to pass on to people. Yes. I love that. And I want to add a quick question before we go. I was at a spiritual class once and the lady said, and I love, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So she said, we could put our hand on our heart, focus on loving energy and then me send energy to you. And then you send energy back to me and we kind of do this wave. Um, is that, that is actually possible, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, synergy, heart like coherent energy. synergy. Yeah. The heart math is all about this. Like, um, we can actually go into stronger coherence together. So like if I'm doing this and you're doing this and we focus on what they call the heart lock-in, meaning that like my heart locks into your heart, your heart locks into my heart. And then we can actually like work on that together and have a, a stronger effect than either one of us alone, which is so mm, cool. Love it. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm glad I brought that up because obviously the people in relationships or couples uh, listening, I think that that's so powerful to try. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. That'd be an amazing thing to do. But yeah, thank you so much, Haley. I really appreciate your time and, and sharing and giving my voice um, some space on your platform and everything that you're, you're doing is awesome. Really appreciate it. And your podcast, I hope it continues to grow. It's really cool. You've got a lot, uh, lot of varieties of episodes, so I'm sure this will be a nice flavor to add in. Thank you so much. No, this is amazing. I really appreciate it. Y'all, be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. I will put your links below, and I will talk with y'all next week. Bye.